My students always talked about a bingo card they had on a Sunday night in Derivolgi. He was going to mention Man City, he was going to mention Rich Mullins, he was going to mention you too, and various other stories. And this is one of those stories, and I've told it to you before, but there's 20% of our congregation this morning that's come in from all over America, and they haven't heard it. So I'll use them to illustrate the point. They're staying up uh, in Finicky in the John Brown University uh, place on a lovely little lake up there. And um, I'm sure they've settled in now. I'm sure you know the area. I'm sure you know your room. But there you were in the first evening. And I want you to imagine the jet lag is, you know, it was tough that first night. You'd been traveling that whole time. And you arrive into a strange place. And you're not sure about the place. And maybe you have to share with somebody else. And just there in the middle of the night, when you've got yourself comfortable and you've got over the cold, some of you from Florida and some of you from California, yeah, it's cold here. Some of you from Chicago thinking this is really mild. Um, and there you all were, and some of you are just, you've just got snuggled in. You've just got yourself comfortable. You think, I can deal with this. I can deal with all the weeks of these people that I have to live with. And eventually I'll work out what on earth these Irish people are saying with their accents. And you've just got yourself comfortable. And Mother Nature calls. And you've got to go to the toilet. Now you've got to think about that because you're in a strange room. And maybe at home you sleep the walls on your right, but here the walls on your left. I'm tired. And then you've got to think, hang, wait a minute, even if I got out of bed, where did they tell me the toilets were? So what you do in the middle of the night, first thing you might need to do is reach out and switch the light on because that will help enormously. Might help you find your way through without waking your roommate, find the door, get the door open, get down that corridor to the toilet or whatever else. But just imagine, and let's hope it didn't happen, on that first night when you needed to go to the loo, the light didn't come on oh dear it's pitch black you're switching it and you're switching it and you're switching it and it just doesn't come on now my question is at that point who do you blame because you're frustrated at that point and it's getting precarious you need to get to that toilet but you get a bit frustrated and maybe a little bit angry and you're thinking Do you shake your fist at the darkness and say, Darkness, what are you doing here? Because you really don't. Because it's the middle of the night in Ireland, in the middle or the start of February, and you're thinking, of course it's dark. That's not the problem you have. The problem is the light is not working. And you can't even blame Stephen Gregg because he stopped working in that particular field. But you might blame John Brown University for not changing the bulb or for a dodgy cable. Because at that moment, you're not blaming the darkness. You're blaming the light for not shining. And across our city this morning and across our world this morning... There are many, many dark places. And sometimes those of us in the church have shaken our fists at the dark and said, you're incredibly dark, you places. 
And in fact, you're so dark that we are not going anywhere near you in your dark. But we should never blame the dark for being dark. We should blame the light for not shining. And Jesus said, You stockman, you stockman, you stockman, you are the light of the world. And if there's dark corners of your city, don't blame the light or don't blame the dark. Expect it to be dark. But you need to go and be a particle of light. That's what Jesus is talking about, I think. It's not just about us being salt. Because as Ali was showing us wonderfully in those illustrations, there's no point in being salt in the salt shaker. You remember the book? Out of the salt shaker? You've got to be on the popcorn. Personally, I prefer the sweet stuff, but I'm among three women who like the salty stuff, so you've got to go with it. But unflavored popcorn's not as good, whether it's sweet or salty, you want a wee bit of flavor. The salt needs to be granules across the city, shaken out into the places it needs to be, and the light needs to shine. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It's like the light's not ours. The salt's not ours. It's for other people. We're just the conduits because as we said before that hymn, Jesus is the light of the world. And when he calls us to be light of the world, we have this incredible privilege to be conduits of his light across the world. What a privilege. And yet with it comes responsibility. We don't believe the works are even ours. In Ephesians 2 and 10, you are why my workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works that I planned in advance for you to do. The Spirit works within us to do these good works of salt and light across the city, and it doesn't belong to us. And then what Matthew read on after the salt and light about the law, and that not one jot or tittle of the law will disappear, the fulfillment of the law is in this Sermon on the Mount. That's quite a challenge, and for many years I've wanted to sort of eject the Old Testament bit and just get to the Sermon on the Mount bit, And then, well, then we did the How to Read the Bible series. And the How to Read the Bible series has me probably every week I'm preparing a sermon in the Alexander Hall. Because as we've gone through from Genesis right through to where we are in the prophets, suddenly this history of salvation is beginning to make sense. And there's something always happens as I'm preparing like this week, light for others. And we're back again in Genesis. We're back again with Abraham. Genesis 12, leave your land, your family, and your father's household for the land I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you and I will make name, I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the families of the earth will be blessed because of you. The people of God had a calling to be a light to the nations. It's right there in all that we've been learning about in how to read the Bible series. And when Jesus comes to fulfill the law, sometimes we just go on the law. We miss that the law, as the Old Testament believers would have seen it, 
Yes, there's laws involved in it, but it comes with promise. It comes with story. It comes with God promising them that he will be with them all the time, that he will be faithful to them all the time. It comes with the story of what he's done for them from Abraham through to the Exodus. Bishop Donald McKeown on the Exodus on Thursday night, it was unbelievable. And he did point to the Presbyterians, I think, and uh, we thought it was quite wonderful that a Catholic bishop was telling us a little bit about Exodus, where we get that burning bush from. It's an incredible to go back through how to read the Bible and see all the way through it, how this light that Jesus is talking about is for the people of God to share with others. So Isaiah 58 that we've read already today. If we want to read other bits of Isaiah 58, verse, uh, chapter 9 and verse 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. We were singing that a moment ago. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shined. Or Isaiah 60, just after what uh, George read to us this morning, Arise, shine, for you, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear before you. We are the light of the world. We are the conduits of the light of Christ. But where we're shining is really going to be important. Because all of us coming with our little light bulbs this morning and gathering here is vitally important that we shine up our light bulbs. But it would be okay if a few of you switched yours off right now because there's enough light in the rest of the congregation for you to go dark for a few moments. But there's dark parts of the city that just your little light bulb will just enhance the whole darkness of some corner that is longing for light. The people of God were there to be lights to the nation, lights to the city. And I loved the next part of Isaiah chapter 58 that uh, Matthew, or that George didn't read, sorry, Matthew was reading Matthew and George was reading Isaiah. And um, I love verse 10. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like a noonday. What is this light? What is the law and the prophets? It's about us doing what we were doing last week. You can tell in Fitzroy every week's different. Not only is the band different, but last week I wore the text on a t-shirt. And this week I'm looking far more Presbyterian in order that I might do communion. We had a wonderful story on Sunday night. Completely off script this, but it's a wonderful story. We were in St. Anthony's last Sunday night where Alan Abernethy had watched a riot when he was 15 years of age from across the street. Uh, Loyalist uh, rioters had come up the street and they'd attacked St. Anthony's church. They'd tried to make their way to the rectory. And uh, Alan's pretty convinced if the security forces hadn't stood in, there would have been fatalities that night, maybe even a priest killed. Alan watched this as a 15-year-old Christian and decided the rest of his life had to be different, that he had to cross the boundaries. And with a relationship and friendship with Brendan McAllister at university, that became part of his whole ministry. So he was telling us this story in St. Anthony's. It was wonderful. And then Harold Good got up, he who helped the decommissioning of the weapons of the IRA. And Harold got up to tell a story and he said, that night in 1975 that had happened in St. Anthony's, he said the next day he got up in the Shankill Road where he was there at that time and some of the women in the Shankill Road come up to him and said, Reverend Good, we're going over to St. Anthony's with our 
mops and our buckets and we're going to, that was a terrible thing. We're going to go over and we're going to clean their floor. So over they went probably in the 1970s, maybe on a bus across the city from the north to the east. And they went into a Catholic church and they uh, got their mops up and they cleaned out that church. And at the end of it, the priest came down to them and he said, just look at this. I can't even, the change you've made in this floor is amazing. And one of them looked at him and said, you're right, Father, it looks a whole lot more Protestant now. <laughs> the Belfast humor that comes out. But they spent, they spent themselves on behalf of the other. I was taken with that as I read it in Isaiah. We spend ourselves on behalf of the other. The festival has been literally amazing. I haven't got to the point yet where I can give way to this idea. And it's a crazy idea, but it might actually be true. I haven't found any evidence to the contrary that every sentence that was spoken or sung from the moment we started until last night, not one sentence didn't have incredible power in it. Not one sentence. We've had an amazing time. We hope we've been granules of salt and particles of light across the city. But as if Gary Lightbody standing out there, and I didn't tell you this last week when we were talking about humility, Gary Lightbody from Snow Patrol, the biggest band probably in the UK, whose song is the most played song on British radio in the 21st century. When he finished here at nine o'clock, did he go home? No, he didn't. He stood outside the Newell room for two and a half hours and spoke to anybody in a line that was round here that wanted to speak to him. It was incredible humility. And then Damien Gorman appeared on Monday night. Damien Gorman, PAFTA, a BAFTA award winner, playwright, poet, incredible human being. And it wasn't too long into the interview with Jude Hill from UTV when uh, Damien, he kind of set his stall out and told us he wasn't religious. In fact, he told us yesterday at St. Bart's on the Lisburn or the Strandmillis Road that this was the first time he'd been in church, other for weddings and funerals, since he was 16 years of age. But he was just so spiritual that the challenge was immense. And he gave us today's sermon, which we're coming to now, after all that time. But don't worry, it's short from here in. As he was talking about stories and poetry, Damien said that for him, stories and poems are a Eucharist. They're a breaking up of someone's life in a story to feed others. We're coming to that Eucharist in a moment or two. Where Jesus broke up his life to feed us this morning. Spent his life, his lifeblood on us. And Damien would say that our stories, whether we're great poets whether we ever get to write a play, wherever we're the, the song that's the most played song on the radio, whether we're just Steve Stockman or whoever we are this morning, when we come to be the conduits of the light of Christ, the aim is that we would break up our stories to feed others. And you know what? I looked down over the festival. Bino Niblick, another poet from East Belfast, 17 years in jail, breaking up his story to share with us 
last Saturday night in Sydney Methodist. Beside him, Linda Malloy, whose son was brutally killed in 1976, as she broke up her grief and her catharsis and her story in poetry. Those through Gladys and Johannes and Dave Thompson who went to the Falls Road on Thursday night and when we heard those stories of people through the troubles being broken up to be told to feed the rest of us. Stephen Travers on Friday night sharing how a shoe band were chosen I'd love to say forgive me for saying it but forgive them by the British forces. A pop band to put a bomb on their van so that when it went off on the other side of the border, the British could say, you see, everybody's a terrorist and we've got to close the border. Three of his bandmates murdered as he flew through the air with a dum-dum bullet doing all kinds of damage to his internals. He broke up his story to share it with us. Those football chairmen sitting vulnerably in Jared Lawler saying, there's times I feel so alone in this job, breaking up his story to feed us. The prisoners and probationers in Hyde Bank where we launched the festival, breaking up their story to feed us. Jesus breaks for the broken. He is spent for all of us. That we might spend ourselves for the broken. For mercy, grace, and justice. The light of the world, the salt of the earth. It's about us having our stories broken up and shared out that others through the light that we're conduits of might point to this Jesus of the Eucharist who gave himself that light might shine in every corner of a dark world. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this Eucharist, for this sacrament. We thank you that it points us to the light of the world in a strange dark place. Here you are, among the gamblers, the thieves, the unjust, the violent. Here you are in this bloody, dark place where the very sky went dark. The light of the world is breaking himself up for us. He spent his life for us and then if we lean in and whisper to hear his whisper he says you're the light of the world break yourselves up for the broken Lord we thank you for this table we thank you that it's not a Presbyterian table that it's not a Fitzroy table that this is a table where you invite us to come to that place, that story of brokenness, to be fed so that we might feed, to see light that we might be light, to give us a saltiness that we might flavor, that we might restore, 
that we might make a difference in the world we live in. Bless us around this table, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.